0: Okay, so John, a quote from the film. We used to look up at the sky and wonder at our place in the stars. Now we just look down and worry about our place in the dirt. Is there a place that you used to look up to and now you
1: look down to? My erect penis? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>
0: Ready to Beyond the Box set, the podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry and joining me as always is John.
1: Hello. And that was a complete lie about my penis. Sure, <laughs> sure. And
0: I've actually brought a guest on, Joe. Hello. So Joe, why did you pick Interstellar? Uh, oh, by the way, we're doing Interstellar. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's so professional. Uh, basically, because I'm mildly obsessed with this film and I've watched it eight times maybe, quite a lot. And I listen to the soundtrack in like a little too much for anyone of my age, mm-hmm. like every day. I listened to it today while I was working. Way too
1: much. <laughs> so is it was it Hans Zimmer who did this soundtrack? Yes. Okay. So what makes this one stand out above all the other many Hans Zimmer soundtracks to you?
2: Uh, I don't know. I think it's the story.
1: Oh okay. So you the soundtrack works in the sense it literally evokes the story to you and you Yeah,
2: hear but it. there's also the like the refrain in one of the songs. Okay. I can't remember which song. It's the main sort of loop. Okay. If that's what a professional musician would say.
1: This is my first time watching this film, which I know you two have both seen it before. And I'm kind of hot and cold with Christopher Nolan. A lot of people think he's one of the greatest directors currently working. And I find his films often a little bit heartless. It was all concept and not much not much human interest for me. I don't tend to really feel that much for his characters. And I found that I actually enjoyed this one a lot because it did feel like it had a lot of heart and soul for a Nolan film. Like it was all about kind of love and... There was almost something Spielbergian about it. It had this almost to the point of saccharin, you know, where the, the, the father-daughter relationship was so important to the plot. It was actually relatively easy to follow, mm-hmm. even though there was a lot of complicated science talk going on. But the general plot, there were no tricks, there were no alternate timelines, what you were seeing. It was a fairly linear narrative until the whole narrative became about non-linear time. But, you know, <laughs> then, but, you know it was very easy to follow. And it was just, a, it told us quite a small human story in a kind of epic scope. So... I actually enjoyed this more than most Christopher Nolan films.
2: Yeah, like, you mentioned the timeline. What's the guy's name who stays on the ship? He stays on the ship, and then they come back, oh. and he's been there for <clears throat> decades. Yeah. Mm. And that's somehow brushed over the fact this guy has stayed on the ship for...
0: They, they did, didn't they? They said 23 uh, years, yeah. Yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> he, he, slept, he slept for some bit, so it wasn't just 23 years. But, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What did you both think of the scene, especially you, John, of uh, Matthew McConaughey watching his children grow up?
1: oh that was really sweet until it hit me with a moment that in all the science talk in this film there was one thing that really broke credulity for me the only thing i couldn't buy into when his daughter goes from being a little girl to being jessica chastain mm. and she says, hey daddy i'm the same age as you now i was like well that's demonstrably untrue <laughs> <laughs> how old is matthew mcconaughey supposed to be in this film because he's like 47 and she's like i think 38 they are not the same age it was it was so it was a weird thing to say
2: i like the way casey affleck just
1: Turned rocks up, up and oh, turns just up, in it for like Pete, five does, minutes in total Pete Casey Affleck and then leaves yeah. <laughs> he turns up he's got his he glowers in a beard and he's <laughs> done <yet. laughs> Yeah. oh that was the other thing though because I again because I'd not seen this film before and I didn't know who was in it so I had that great thing that you always talk about where when, you, when films have a lot of famous people in them and you mm-hmm. don't know they're coming mm-hmm. I knew this was a Matthew McConaughey and Jessica Chastain movie mm-hmm. I had no idea anyone else was in it mm-hmm. and so obviously so then Casey Affleck the kid grows up and becomes Casey Affleck. Like, it's Casey Affleck! And then... And then we're like,
0: oh, it's Casey Affleck.
1: Yeah. Oh, I don't mind Casey Affleck. But then the biggest laugh I got in this film, by far, because it's not, it's not a funny film. Christopher Nolan <laughs> films aren't big... Christopher Nolan <laughs> films aren't big chuckle fest, which is another issue I have with them. There's you can not a like, anything, John. I can And I laughed so hard, and this is probably just me, when... They open up the, the space pod yeah. and Matt Damon jumps out, <laughs> <laughs> like Shangela from RuPaul's Drag Race. is like, hallelujah! it's Matt Damon. I was like, I just screamed. Now, I'm
0: confused by this because I watched this with my housemate. It was yeah. also her first time and she laughed at this point as well. Yeah. And I, I don't remember laughing in the cinema, <laughs> did you? No. I, I just thought, oh, it's Matt Damon. Okay, that's good. So i watched but, it
2: seven, eight times and I always forget Matt Damon's in it. Yeah.
1: And then I go, oh, Matt Damon's in it. <laughs> Every yeah, time. Like, why is it funny? I don't get it. Just something about someone that famous, just yeah. the way he just bursts out yeah. of that box. It's like, oh, it's Matt David. It does remind me of that. I showed you a clip before we came today of RuPaul's oh, Drag Race yeah. where there's a drag queen who they brought back from one season to the second. They literally put him in a box and he just jumps out and goes, "Hallelujah!" And everyone goes, oh, no, it's you. It really felt... I just imagined Matt Damon going, "Hallelujah!" Like, <laughs> it just really tickled me.
0: If good things come in small packages, then this... Is gonna be redonkulous.
3: Hallelujah, ladies! Oh my god! Hallelujah!
1: Oh oh <laughs> Hallelujah! So I, I really enjoyed the random cameos that this film kind
2: of yeah. In, yeah so. I know what you mean, though. It kind of cuts through. Because mm-hmm. you're in the film, you're like, oh yeah, there's all this going on, all this. Who's going to be in this box? Who's going to be in- Oh, it's Matt Damon. Yeah. And you're like, hmm, <laughs> let's kind of just stop things. It's like when you get someone in a film and you're like, hmm, what are they off? What are they off? Uh, yeah. And then for all the next <laughs> 10 to 15 minutes, you're like, what are they off? And if you're at home, you get your IMDb and you're like, oh yeah, off that film I watched 10 years ago that was terrible.
1: Well, that's it. Cause in in this film, you just see them as that character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then Because this film only came out like three years ago, was it? Yeah. So yeah. So... Both Casey Affleck and Matt Damon were way too famous to be in such small roles, so yeah. that was. And obviously, that's a choice they made. But that's that's what you mean. You, once you're an hour into the film, you don't expect any more surprise casting. You think everyone who's gonna be a big name has been introduced. So to have Matt Damon rock up like half an hour before the end was just like, what the hell? <laughs> I did like him in this. Because yeah. he played a villain. I've realised yeah. now that I just like Matt Damon as a villain. <laughs> like, that's the Matt Damon I want to see. Oh, yeah. Um, and going yeah. back to the music, mm-hmm. the yeah. bit where Matt
2: Damon takes off and he goes to the ship mm-hmm. and it's oh, spinning. Man. And the music on it, I think mm-hmm. it's, this track's called Mountains because mm-hmm. I listen to the soundtrack all the time. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned that. But it ticks <laughs> and it ticks and it ticks. It's the first time in, in the cinema as I was watching the film that the music really got me. Mm-hmm. It was just ticking and ticking and ticking. Mm-hmm. Just kept going and going. And it was... oh. That was tense, super tense. It was.
1: Okay, I have another question. What did you think of the robot? Because that was another big laugh for me. Oh, I Um, like the robot. Oh, I I love
0: the robot. Again, my housemate burst out laughing at this. This is the most ridiculous thing ever. And she'd laugh at every little thing that it did. Mm -hmm. And, like... Every every new thing that that robot does, you just think, oh, that's really intuitive, and that's a really good idea. Like, the bit where it turns into just, like, a star or something, and just rolls. Yeah, oh, you know, I laughed oh, so oh, hard. All good, but of course you did. Uh, but the
1: biggest laugh is when it runs. When it, when, every time it started running, I was just pissing myself. I thought
3: it was really
0: good.
1: <laughs> it looked like a pair of... Sta- it, like a running stapler. It looked like a stapler that was <laughs> running across <laughs> the plane. <process. laughs> and uh, something about its voice as well, the fact that it looked... Like, I actually quite like the fact that it looked kind of clunky, compared to, like, yeah. it wasn't like just a humanoid... It would have yeah, been so yeah. easy to just do like an android like a data type or you know mm-hmm. or like Michael Fassbender in the Alien, recent Alien films yeah. Yeah. but no they went for something that looks like an early robot design like it is it's clunky and it's weird shaped but it is intuitive yeah because it looked like that a little bit janky and then it also had this kind of slightly flat speaking voice but it's also kind of it was like the, the comic relief because it, it was kind of a wisecracking robot
3: settings general settings security settings Honesty, new setting, 95 percent. Confirmed. Additional customization. Humor, 75 percent. Confirmed. Auto self-destruct, team minus 10, 9. Let's make that 60 percent.
0: 60 percent confirmed. Knock, knock.
1: You want 55?
0: I thought that was one of Chris Nolan's best humour. Like when you tries yeah. to put humour in films, it normally doesn't I land.
1: think. It... This was easily but... the funniest Chris Nolan film for me yeah. by far. <laughs> <laughs> made me realize I would really like to see Christopher Nolan just direct a knockabout comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really want to that's a film I want it's to. Jude type. Yes, yeah, I want I him to saw. I want him to direct This Is Forty or something. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it was kind of a wise cracking robot that also looked like a an appliance, it really made me think of like the talky toaster from Red Dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, this is a red dwarf star robot, which yeah. I loved. So everything yeah. about that robot, I, I really enjoyed. Howdy doodly do, how's it going? I'm talkie, talkie Toaster, your chirpy breakfast companion. Taki's the name, toasting's the game. Anyone like any toast? Look, I don't want any
2: toast and he doesn't want any toast. In fact, no one around here wants any toast. Not now, not ever, no toast. How about a muffin? Or muffins. (laughs) We don't like muffins around here. We want no muffins, no toast, no tea cakes, no buns, baps, baguettes or bagels, no croissants, no crumpets, no pancakes, no potato cakes and no hot cross buns and definitely no smeg and flapjacks. (laughs) Ah, so you're a waffle man. Yeah, I think it's because those kind of robot things often can go so wrong. Mm. They, were, they were always... They're, for some reason, they're always there as the comic relief. Mm. Like, always. But they get it really... They do it really well here.
0: Well, that's because they can't really make any of the humans comic relief because they're all supposed to be fancy scientists who know everything. Yeah. Yeah. So... Scientists aren't funny. No.
1: So Matthew McConaughey, mm. uh, who I have to say I'm not inclined to like. Mm-hmm. I find him, on the whole, quite an off-putting actor. That's just personal yeah, who taste. do you like? I know, lots of it's just not. Just not. I, I like Matt Damon when he's being evil. I don't know. There's something about Matthew McConaughey that I find irritating. But in this film, I have to say he did a decent job. He didn't actively annoy um, you know mm-hmm. me. I did question some of the log- internal logic of the film around his character because. So, am I correct in understanding that he rocks up at the NASA headquarters, the hidden NASA headquarters, yes. having sent himself the. Yes. Yeah. And then he gets put in charge of piloting the plane because he. he it wasn't. He was trained. As a pilot in the past, but yes. he's not currently working as a pilot. Yes. And they're just like, okay, you should. Or we we had plans to launch this thing but you go right ahead. With no further training, it's like, no, we need to put you... And he just immediately is put in charge of the
0: yeah, spaceship. There were definitely some some holes there, I thought. Yeah. just like, why do you have no pilots? And you say these people have all... They've only been in flight simulators, but yet you've got this amazing spaceship think? in space. Yeah.
2: I got the impression yeah. there was just less people. Mm-hmm. So there was less food. Yeah, so there guess. wasn't many people around. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. I, definitely, I definitely got that. Like mm-hmm. how do they get that spaceship into space, with no pilots? Which one? The the sort of ring thing that they actually. Oh uh, yeah. Like how how do they get that up there if they've got nobody who's been out for flight simulator?
1: Yeah. It just felt like very arbitrary. Like they could have done that walk to him taking the. And also, if going they, space. they needed him just get in contact. Was there any
2: yeah. really ever an excuse why they didn't send some kind of robot? What for the whole thing? Just to go and explore.
0: Yeah,
1: just send Talkie Toaster. <laughs> then nobody has to lose a, lose a child. <laughs>
2: but was there ever anything? I don't think there was. Acting? You, like, they can go through these sort of wormholes, but they haven't even got, like, an automated flight system. But they mm-hmm. have, because when they get in space, yeah. they all go to sleep. They don't even do anything.
1: True, true. Yeah, all they do is take data readings and communicate, which yeah, there's nothing a human does in this film that we weren't led to believe that Talkie Toaster could have done just as well. So, yeah. What <laughs> a nickname. I'm going to continue calling him up throughout <laughs> this, just so you know. I was very proud of myself, actually, because I guessed the twist, like, 40 minutes into the movie. Mm. As soon as it was... it was normally, I'm not very good at picking up on twists. But as soon as she said, the, the ghost told me to tell you to stay, I was like, okay, oh, so he's through the ghost. Yeah. Clearly, it's going to be him from the past or something. Yeah,
0: my um, husband guessed it as well, and I was yeah. annoyed. Because she was like, is this the thing? And I was like, yeah. Maybe. I didn't guess it the first time I watched it. No me neither. But I never get twists. No,
1: no. me neither. <laughs> never ever. It's ever. great.
0: I love not getting twists. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there's there's nothing like just having a twist revealed to you at the right point.
1: Oh true. I kind of wish I hadn't figured it out, but I guess it's kind of a trope. The way they did it was kind of a predictable kind of twist. Mm-hmm. For me anyway, so I was like so when it happened, I was like, Yep, yeah, it's well, the way it was done because I genuinely really enjoyed this film mm-hmm. and then I was getting like to the two hour mark where I would normally be looking at my watch I was like you know what I'm two hours in and I'm actually still following this and I'm really liking it and then when he finally does enter the wormhole and then it goes into full on Christopher Nolan science speak and I was like yeah. oh boy but <laughs> here we go here's all the nonsensical you know uh, psycho psychobabble science babble mm-hmm. but then it didn't matter because I'd already figured out what was going to happen so even though I couldn't understand a word of what they were saying I was mm-hmm. like okay but it was as I expected basically yeah. simplified version is he can talk to his past mm-hmm. fine got it yeah. so yeah that made it easy for me to process because i wasn't like but what does it mean because i'd already kind of walked that walk in my head a little mm. bit so yeah. but i did question if he can talk to his daughter this is another plot if he talked to his daughter in morse code and t- said a quite complex you know algorithms
3: uh-huh.
1: do you think he could have also maybe tapped out by the way just just mention to your dad for me don't trust matt damon <laughs> <laughs> Don't send yeah. you back on yeah. Damon. Yeah, here's the algorithm, and don't send you back on Damon. That's all you need to know. Or don't go to that planet. And know. the wave. Yeah. Don't go to that planet
0: with a big wave. Yeah, yeah. They
1: could have saved so much time. Yeah.
0: Then, yeah. yeah, but by doing that, would he have learned all the stuff that he then? But then so you that. Made...
2: Uh... Then you're in sort of Doctor Who kind of time paradox. If he had mm. done that, then it would have never happened. In order for him to go, in order to do it, mm. to make it happen in the first place. Mm.
1: Not great comfort Not for Wes Bentley and the black guy though. True. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He, he had didn't... to learn that lesson, but they had to die. What happened to that guy again?
0: Uh, Matt Damon called him. He was in Matt Oh Damon yeah, before. of course. He, yeah, he See, tra- eight times, Joe. <laughs> yeah, eight
2: times. As you may well know by now, my memory is not the best. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to remember, you know, bits.
1: Well, I can't do it. Even if I watched it. Yeah. The other it was... thing with the Morse code bit that I found myself thinking when he's hidden behind, he's standing behind in the wormhole, and he's behind the bookcase, mm. and he's pushing out the books and stuff, mm-hmm. and, like, and I, I just found myself thinking. What if she went behind the bookcase? What if she, like, pulled the bookcase out? What's what's back there? Is it, like, Narnia?
2: Oh, now we are getting into depths. I
1: mean, that's probably just a question you shouldn't ask. <laughs> I know, but I have to. I can't help it. Or <laughs> it made me think of the episode of The Simpsons, The Treehouse of Horror, where there's the wormhole behind the bookcase, and then yeah. people get sucked into the 3D world. Mm-hmm. I was like, again... Just... Oh,
2: when he's, like, turned into,
1: like, a computer generator. Yes, huh? yeah. Which yeah. looked yeah. amazing in 1996, and <laughs> shitty out. <down>. like <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, if made me think of that. I, yeah. I immediately walked back to that Simpsons episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I did really like the visuals of this film though. Like the visuals of the planets they went to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I felt like the CGI was just enough. It wasn't too much.
0: How did you compare this to Gravity? Because they came out one year apart almost to mm-hmm. the day.
1: Well, I think they're different in the sense that, yeah, Gravity was undeniably visually, that was the main thing that made it special. It looked, yeah. great. It looked great. The story was wank, but it looked great. But it was. it had that kind of, it was great space. It was a space movie. And I know this is a space movie too, but the the space scenes didn't really pop for me in this film. They weren't bad. I just didn't really pay any attention. But when they were on the different planets, the different landscapes... I thought really interesting, just looked really cool. I really liked the ideas. Of, it was very elemental, like one was a full water planet, mm-hmm. one was a full ice planet, one was a full sand planet. it was I just really he kept it simple. it wasn't too much, yeah. and that's why I appreciated it. Like, yeah. it wasn't just I never got into that thing where you often get with films like this where you're like, oh, I'm just looking at a green screen here yeah. like it, it, I could believe those planets mm, so yeah definitely I thought it was very visually meant. Well, I
0: imagine a lot of it was uh, was definitely shot on on location
1: where they could. I hope so, yeah, mm. I like to think so so. I will say, this film, visually, as I say, it was absolutely fabulous. I've not been so annoyed by a film's sound levels since La La Land. Really? Why? Yeah. The dialogue was barely audible in some points. There were times that I had to turn it up for blast to get the dialogue. Oh, yes, really
0: yes, yes, I do agree, actually. Yeah, yeah. The bits where they're just talking.
1: And... Yeah, and then suddenly I get blasted by, like, a sound effect. Like, oh, my God, it's my, te- my TV's at, like, 60, and I- I'm going to get tinnitus. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, turn it right down again, and then they start talking, and i have to go up again. It was. Just constantly... Yeah, I do
0: agree with that. I think it's intentional, but I don't like it. No, didn't like it at all.
1: No. It was yeah. annoying. Yeah, yeah Chris Nolan, if you're listening, if yeah. you're not, but, you know. Hey, we, we, we live in hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, last, last thing for okay. me anyway, if you guys have more. So the film ends with, obviously, Matthew McConaughey goes and is reunited with his daughter, who's now Ellen Burstyn, and then mm. he goes back to rescue Anne halfway. And mm-hmm. then we uh, see a, a shot of Anne Hathaway. Well, it's not rescue Anne halfway, it's going... To find her, yeah. yeah. Yeah, to
0: find her and just carry on.
1: Well, true, yeah. She, yeah, oh, sorry, it's because that, that's my point. Because she is on the sand planet mm-hmm. with 5,000 frozen embryos mm-hmm. to, with which to repopulate, well, not repopulate the air, but, you know, continue the human race. Mm-hmm. Is she going to have to raise five thousand babies? <laughs> that's a handful.
0: Well I think they, they covered it earlier. It's like repopulating is not um is not the issue, it's uh it's diversifying the the gene which is the issue. Yeah. And so that's what the five thousand embryos are gonna do.
1: So they're not all gonna be babies? No. So how all, many
0: or not all in one generation at least. Okay. So generations to come, they don't all need to just sleep with their cousins.
1: She's gonna to have to raise at least like twelve to fifteen a pop. Oh, yeah, she's gonna have that's a handful. Yes, we know house. Well, that's where my my go to help. She's got
0: she's got like three tents.
1: Where's she gonna get like milk? From? Oh, I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> I should imagine like Anne Halfway like this. Every, this is the, the sequel I've done, but my second idea was to do like a, a comedy about Anne Hathaway's like a like a baby like baby boom with Keaton, where she's just like <laughs> she's just on this planet with like trying to like feed like. 25,000 babies just like oh my god I'm so stressed like <laughs> she's not slept in like five years <laughs> anyway yeah. any more thoughts on this one?
0: nah Joe? Sure. Mm, I don't think so yeah. okay so I'll go first and then Joe if you want to go second mm-hmm. and then yeah. and I'll up. do the big finish yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've got mine Interstellar Nolan 64
1: Nolan 64 mm-hmm. okay is this is based on Super Mario
0: mm-hmm. 64 <laughs> <laughs> is it
1: actually? <laughs> is it really? uh Elements. Oh, I was hoping it was going to be like a six swinging 60s kind of Austin Powers meets Interstellar, <laughs> like Austin Powers goes town traveling. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe that's yours. Maybe you can't. Oh, it's that. too late. If I, if I do it all again, <laughs> oh, then that'll okay. Oh, yeah. Okay,
0: so you know how there's uh, plenty of cries sleeping in this film? Yes. Yeah, where you know, they'll go to sleep for like two years where they travel to Saturn or something like that. Um, well, what are they doing when they're sleeping? Are they dreaming? Oh. Well, here we go see where this is going okay so the opening scene of my film is the scene where their ship leaves earth and then they all go down for the long nap
1: uh-huh. so this is Anne Hathaway Matthew McConaughey and the two red shirts played by Wes Bentley and the other guy whose name I don't know I don't know yes yeah
0: and due to lazy story writing uh, <laughs> people are going to go on adventures in pairs okay <laughs> um so those two that you just mentioned are, are not in this not really in this okay fine. uh yeah so Cougar and Brandt they wake up wake up in a warehouse in Paris Okay. Where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is there to welcome
1: them. Oh, so there's an Inception crossover. No, you go straight okay. away. Okay, all right. Um, so this is in a dream. They're dreaming, but they're dreaming at the same one... time. Yeah. Okay. Wait. How? I've heard of this. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard Nolan do this before. Yeah. <laughs> how are they sharing the same dream? Oh, yeah, like, like, like how Inception works. So one of them is inside someone else's dream. Kind there's of. No, there's no point in Inception where people just fall asleep and co- Maybe it's coincidentally talk- in Maybe the same dream. Maybe it's Toaster's dream. <laughs> okay, fine. <sure. laughs> Carry on.
0: Stop, so, stop questioning this. I'm okay. not even even started. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So,
1: so they're both sharing a set the same dream for reasons. Yeah. Okay, maybe it's programmed in to get them entertained rather than hypersleep. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, cool.
0: Tris Gordon Levitt's character says, "Welcome to Nolan 64. My name is Mr. Exposition. <laughs> I will be your guide. <laughs> there are three main levels: physical training, mental training, and socializing. Mm-hmm. We start here in a warehouse in Paris for an induction." And this is where they get shown how they can manipulate the world mm. and th- that's around them. And same rules as Inception. The more you manipulate things, the more people try and kill you, essentially. So mm. was a bit of a, a bit of a thing there. They have a bit of a sort of a training thing across, across Paris. Where they've got to cross a few rivers and make some buildings, move out of the way to try and get places. They've got to run, run away from people at the same time. So probably do that staircase trick, stuff like that. Bit of an Inception thing, really. They managed to get across Paris and they arrive in another warehouse. Pretty much, well, the same warehouse, let's say, actually. That makes more sense. They sit down and Mr. Exposition puts them into another dream. Okay. Level one, physical training. They wake up in the ice level of Inception.
1: Okay. Where The, the level that made no sense whatsoever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Watch it again for a tenth time and maybe you'll get Maybe it. you'll yeah. <laughs> Mr. Exposition says, welcome to level one. Here we have to fight our way into a fortress to get to the bed. There will be ice ice wall climbing, there will be guns, and there will be explosions. Any damage you take will hurt at full intensity, if you die, the level will start again. So Brand, which is Anne Hathaway's character, is paired with Tom Hardy, so she's going to be climbing up a cliff to try and get into the fortress from behind.
1: So they're competing
0: against each other? Uh, no, they're sort of working together, but in separate ways, just to try and get the same goal. Okay. Wait, is just... their
2: goal to get a bed?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, which gets them to the next level. Is that bed
1: comfortable? Yeah. What sort of mattress are we talking <laughs> is it silent <laughs> nights? Nice? Is it dreams? Yeah. I
0: mean, it's a king size bed, okay, so it's yeah. probably going to be nice. Yeah, yeah. Memory foam? I think I'd climb for a king size. I, I'd say it's memory foam, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so while Anne Hathaway is climbing up a wall of ice with Tom Hardy, Cooper is paired with. That's. Matthew McConaughey. is paired
1: Coops. He, Coops. Coops. Hang your Mr. Coops. Oh, yes.
0: <laughs> Coops is paired with Cillian Murphy to climb through the sewers to get in the base from underneath. Okay. While the rest of the Inception crew, Leonardo DiCaprio and. The other person. Ellen Page. Ellen Page. Yes.
1: Anyone else? Unless Mario and are hanging around, no. Oh, um, there was the there was the Indian guy who Oh, is the, the, the millionaire who bought the airline? Ah oh, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, while they're attacking from the ground. Okay. Um, who are they attacking? On foot. The bed. The bed. <laughs> There's armed guards in this fortress. Okay,
2: guarding right. the bed. <laughs> yeah. What is special about the bed or is that like secret?
1: Yeah, it's
0: just no. no is the... Princess
2: Peach in it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no! No right. Princess Peach he, he doesn't like Princess Peach. He thinks she's a whore. <laughs> Genuinely. We had this discussion.
3: Right?
0: We did. Who yeah. plays
2: Bowser? <laughs>
0: anyway. Yeah, and so the sequence pl- plays out much the same as it does in Inception with uh, various different action set pieces. And they both make it to the bed and they get to the next level. Oh, good. <laughs> that was a bit
1: edgy of <laughs> seat stuff there.
0: Yeah, use your imagination for some of this. Okay. I'm, I'm probably not, not the best at writing action sequences. Mm-hmm. Plot, Plot points, yes.
2: I'm getting a bit stuck on this, but is the bed a
0: metaphor? No, the bed is just the doorway to the next level. Oh, of yeah.
2: course. You, I don't know if you've heard of this thing. It's called a door. <laughs> another household object have you, have that may seen, have got you, you to have another. Have
0: you lot. seen Inception? They'll go to sleep all the time, don't they? That's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's where I was going with going. got with me this. there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they arrive in level two, mental training. Okay. And they wake up in a damp basement of a warehouse somewhere. I have no idea where. Guy Pierce has just shot someone.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh, I see what's happening here. This is this like the, the greatest the Nolan...
0: hits of Nolan. yeah, Nolans? Yeah, it's Nolans <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. Oh, it's called Nolans. Oh, right, yeah, yeah okay. there we go. Was clicked. Clunk. Clunk. <laughs> Mr. Rugg's position is nowhere to be found. Okay. They've got to work okay. out what's going on themselves. Cooper asks, what's, what's going on? And Bran says, well, it looks like time seems to be running backwards. So, I don't know, let's see how this plays out. As... The dead guy on the floor suddenly stands up. A bullet flies out of his face and into the gun.
1: Oh, ouch! Okay. Yeah, imagine that. Oh, um, so it's not—it's not, it's literally running backwards. It's not just like your Memento works.
0: No, yeah, time is literally running backwards, okay. like the like the intro to Memento.
1: So are they also going backwards, or are they moving forward to the back world? They are
0: moving forward, and they don't really have any influence on in the world. Nobody can see them. Oh, either. okay, they're like ghosts. Okay, mm-hmm. on then. so. Their mission is to just try and work out what's going
1: on. Oh, okay. So just figure out the plot of Memento, basically. Essentially, yeah. Oh, good luck.
0: But, yeah, right. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. That's what I thought. Mental training. I Don't think
1: worry. I'd rather climb the ice wall, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they watch as uh, Guy Pisk goes backwards through the events of Memento, um, completely unaware of them. And, well, as the film kind of begin, or as the story of that film begins, it finishes in an anonymous hotel. Mm-hmm. Where there happens to be a bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where you'd get that in a hotel. Yeah. Once they've worked it out, they know to go to the hotel. Um, and uh, that's where they find a bed. And like, oh, great, bed. Next level. Mm-hmm. So, level three. Socialising.
1: Okay. I'm intrigued. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this one, they wake up in Crime Alley. Um, Crime Alley. It, is, this, it, is this a Batman thing? Mixed expedition is back. Okay. Welcome to Gotham. Oh. Here you will then socialise with the most difficult people. You need to save that city with minimal casualties. Okay. So they're both given costumes.
1: Was Joseph Gordon-Levitt in? But was he? He was Commissioner yeah. Gordon, wasn't he? Yeah. No,
0: no, no. Joseph Gordon-Levitt played Robin.
1: Really? Yeah, Robin.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. In Dark Knight Rises.
1: Oh, okay, i would forgotten.
0: See, so, yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt does have a character in this, as he did in Inception. That's why he's in both of these films. Okay. Both
1: of these levels. Sorry.
0: Yeah, Matthew McConaughey is given a back costume. Okay. Um, well, Anne Hathaway
1: is obviously given Catwoman. Oh God, there's a world in which Matthew McConaughey is Batman. And yeah. I, don't to, I don't want to live in it. That is not a world I want to live in. <laughs> well, I was you the... just see his his teeth just like hanging out. He's not really <laughs> ag- aggressively like he's like a bit buck-toothed. Isn't oh. I mean,
0: I don't know what you're going to think of this, but in an alternate plot of this, uh, which obviously I haven't written, I was going to go with the prestige and have Hugh Jackman playing Batman.
1: Oh, see, that I could get on board with, because mm-hmm. he, he's kind of...
0: Because, like, Hugh Jackman and Christine Bale, both in that film, as, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. enemy sort of thing, mm-hmm. so it's going to be that. It was either Hugh Jackman playing Batman or the Joker.
1: Yeah. No, I can imagine Hugh Jackman being a really good Batman, because he'd be kind of Batman I'd prefer, because he's a bit jazz hands. <laughs> but, yeah. I like... I yeah. want a campy Batman, that. That. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Batman, yeah. A Batman who could also, like, do a, do, like, a, you know, singing in the rain. That, I'm sold for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Continue. So. Yeah.
0: So they then have to play out the events of the Dark Knight Rises, okay. where they have to get as much information as possible out of characters like Bane. Maybe a slightly different plot where the Joker's in it.
1: Okay, with Dark Knight Rises, that was the one that Catwoman was in. Yeah. Catwoman so does was that down. mean she's an antagonist? She's and and an, is she a villain? Is Anne Hathaway? She was
0: kind of a kind of a villain, kind of a kind of a friend at the same time.
1: Okay, so I'm just thinking in terms of this story, mm-hmm. she's 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 on the sa- still on the same team as Coops she's not having to pursue her own agenda. Ultimately, well, agenda. in Dark
0: Knight Rises, ultimately, she was on the same team as Batman, but she was kind of sort of playing both sides a little bit. Okay, fine. So, she can definitely be doing the same sort of thing here. That's okay. her way of interacting with the villains. Matthew McConaughey's approach is to just go and beat them up. Yeah. And get beaten up. Cool. Because imagine Matthew McConaughey in a fight with Tom Hardy.
1: Yeah, he's not going to win. <laughs>
0: yeah, so, well, largely the film, the plot of the Dark Knight Rises plays out as, as it's supposed to. And they all end up as the film does, they'll end up in a cafe in Paris. Okay. Coincidentally, that's where we started. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Mr. Expedition comes back and says, well done, you've completed uh, you completed sixty four. Now we have a special bonus level for you. <laughs> and so he takes them back to a hotel. And uh, they... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't go that way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they all go to sleep. And uh, the two of them wake up. They're both flying planes over the
1: English Channel. Oh, so now they're Dunkirk. Yes, there's not going to be any spoilers. Um, Well, well, spoiler alert, who wins Dunkirk? (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Expedition comes on the radio
0: saying, the aim of this mission is to clear Dunkirk Beach through any means means necessary. So they're the Germans? Oh, clear, you mean get them... Yeah, just empty the beach so you've got space to land your planes. Oh, okay, right. To which they do. And well, they, they land their plane. They get out. They have a prize waiting for them. Mm-hmm. Which are you both aware that uh, Harry Styles is in Dunkirk? Oh, I heard yeah. about that. Okay, yes, well, the prize they get is a One Direction
1: concert on the beach of Dunkirk. Oh With wow! Some prize. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey, forty-seven, would definitely enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as soon
0: as they finish that, it has actually been two years in the real world, and they are both woken up, okay. um, ready to go through the wormhole and carry on the the plot of Instella. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. That's an interesting idea you've yeah.
0: come up with. <laughs> it was pretty different. I really wasn't sure I was going with that for a lot of it. <laughs> it, didn't, it <laughs> didn't like. I wrote it, it halfway through, so <laughs> I made it into the game. Harry, it never came across.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah, see, I have written it a bit more like a computer game. Yeah, no, I liked it though. Well,
0: at one point I was actually just going to go with a computer game, but then yeah. I thought, no, nah, this is a film podcast, really. So mm. don't know. But yeah, that was that. Cool. no, was it. And, uh, so that so it takes them
1: two. It takes them two years to play through that so what game does the guy play while he's in the 27 years of hypersleep while the others are all on the water planet
0: oh he was awake for a while that. that's why he ate
1: oh okay yeah true we must have now had the
0: question you should, you, you should be asking is what, what was Matt Damon playing oh yes that's a good point what was Matt Damon he was playing the Bourne films oh okay it's <laughs> obvious okay
1: well I did ask <laughs> uh,
2: yeah I feel like you could have played on the Mario thing a bit more you yeah. could have had who's in the you know the Mario Brothers film with Dennis Hopper we did it yeah it yeah. was one of our early
1: episodes yeah um, Bob Hoskins and Dennis yeah. Hopper and John Leguizamo yeah. should have been in it
0: yeah Maybe
1: sorry. Well, it's no. done now. Can't First draft. No. First <laughs> draft. No. Well, no, I like that. I like the idea of a Christopher Nolan greatest hits. That's good. Yeah. So yeah, of the ones I've
0: seen. Yes. <laughs> okay. Cool, go. Cool. Cool. Your turn. You
2: scared? Uh, we'll see how it goes. Okay. <laughs> Before okay. I go through anything that I've done,
0: mm.
2: let me point out that I've got no real, real knowledge of psychology or anything along those lines. So let's okay. see how this goes. It may get a bit dark, but oh, it's just we, the way I got
1: we, we like dark. We like dark. <laughs> just the way I goes. One of us likes dark. Hmm.
2: <laughs> so when uh, at the end of Interstellar, Matthew McConaughey Cooper goes, he goes off to find Brand on the planet. Yeah, it's like go get her. Which yeah, sure. Is he meant to go out there and live with yeah. her? I don't know. Anyway, so we join them when they're actually coming back. So he's gone to get her.
1: They're on a ship coming home. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're not going to stay in Republic of the Planet. They're actually going to go back to. Yeah, I guess they just not need to be world anymore because yeah, because yeah, they've got this sort of circular, cylindrical
2: world yeah. that they live in. Cool. Why okay. wouldn't you want to go there? Sure. Cool lads. Anyway.
1: I mean, I hate to poke holes, but I,
0: I was pretty sure that was like a transport trip, essentially, like a long-term transport ship. Oh, where are they going? To to where Cooper is.
2: Why have got a museum on it? That's why I never understand. It's yeah. just a house. <laughs> uh Anyway. Yeah, so they're on the ship, Cooper and Brand, and they're getting on well. There's a little bit of a hint of a romance going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there, it's underlying. You know, it's not, not too on the surface. But then we find out there's an extra crew member who's on there. Maybe, to, I don't know. Guide the ship, mm-hmm. make the food, whatever. So, where did
1: he? Where did this actual ship crew member come from?
2: Uh, we'll see. By the way, I've, I still haven't got a title, so if you come up with one, oh, okay, cool. This will be well. This will be good. And I also haven't got someone to play this character. So once we've been through yeah. the type of character, you can maybe, okay, cool, okay. add a little value. Uh, so this character, we see him a lot talking with Matthew McConaughey about various things, but then we see him interact a lot less with Brand, and when mm-hmm. they do, they don't really get on. The crew members like a combination of the worst traits of any person. So they're egotistical, they're vain, self centered, uh, selfish, just generally a difficult person to get on with. Uh, Well, that's for us to decide later once we've found out what the character is about. (laughs) So when he talks to Bran, they've very few, you know, very few long conversations, a lot of arguments. They can't seem to get on. And he continues to try and make advances to her.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Advances? Does that sound a bit old school?
1: Mm-hmm. So, sorry, this is the, 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 the mystery extra crew member is sitting on brown, or is Cooper? Yeah. The so extra crew is member of, is sitting on brown, okay.
2: Yeah, so Cooper's not around, okay. and he makes makes a few moves, you know.
1: And but she's she, not, she's 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 not interested. Okay.
2: They just don't get on. She doesn't like his attitude. She doesn't like his egotism. Mm-hmm. All that. But then it sort of culminates in this sort of scene where there's, there's one final heat, heated exchange. They have a massive argument, and Brand just completely cuts him off, like to the point where, you know, what's the word? He feels. Emasculated? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where he can't really cope or deal with his anger. Mm-hmm. So then he kills Brand. Oh, no. So she dies, okay. and Halfway is gone. Ooh, okay. No, she is no more. Uh, so, Let's uh, know when's a
0: good point for casting.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so this might be now. So okay. at this point, we're like, whoa, what happened? Who's this dude? He's been chatting to McGonaghy. I maybe mean, need to develop that bit a bit more. Mm-hmm. Well, they've been chatting away. But at this point, when he kills Brand, yeah. we then it's then revealed that this is Matthew McGonaghey, And this <gasps> is an alter, old, alternate personality. Oh,
1: is this like Fight Club, where Brad Pitt and Edmall yes. are the same character? Ah. Sorry, spoiler for Fight, Alert, Fight Club there, but yeah. So maybe okay. that could be incorporated in the title. Okay. So who is going to play Matthew McConaughey's like, Basically, yeah. know, <laughs> so okay, who,
0: an attractive Matthew McConaughey.
1: Who's an attractive Matthew?
0: Oh, who's course... a, a, a trailing Tatum? He played Magic Mike, they were together, night. yeah, I but he's much Tate. younger.
1: I was thinking if think someone about the same age, I maybe mean, like Luke Wilson, they kind of look the same. But who? Luke Wilson, yeah, but he doesn't no, 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 no Owen Wilson, Owen Wilson. Okay, yeah, no. you Wilson's... imagine
2: like an Owen Wilson who's angry.
1: Well, yeah, well, he I like just... it when comedians play villains, I think That's often it point. works because they're cast against type does this work yeah Robin Williams in One Hour Photo for example great
2: I was yeah. watching a thing on um, what's the guy who does Breaking Bad
1: oh um, Brian Cranston, Bryan Cranston yeah. but Can the director B- B- Vince
2: Gilligan yeah. yeah he was talking about how he likes to use comedic actors to do yeah. dramas mm-hmm. because he thinks they're better actors yeah comedy is <laughs> harder than drama too, yeah, so, yeah, definitely
1: um, well, Cranston was best known for Malcolm in the Middle, so as a comedic character before yeah.
2: Malcolm. Are so we talking Cranston as the alter ego of Matthew Oh yeah, I think we stumbled Ooh. on some of that. Yeah, <laughs> that, work, yeah, that works much better. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry Owen, you're out. But yeah. then he, did, he just, yeah, he'd be too good. Mm-hmm. So essentially, this is his alter ego that he's created in order to process the guilt and emotional experience of leaving earth for a few years Uh and then returning to see his daughter who is now 85 years old and on a deathbed. Mm -hmm. So, and on top of that, going through uh, an experience of where time takes a physical dimension. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't have the capacity to deal with this. So he creates Mm -hmm. an alter ego to just ignore it. Mm -hmm. So whenever these emotions come up, this guy comes out, this sort of egotistical angry dude it just comes out i like this this is really psychological yeah yeah well i don't know if it's based in any reality i like how
0: you gave a good disclaimer at the start
2: yeah Yeah. i'm not a doctor (laughs) so basically his human emotional faculties can't cope Mm -hmm. with the ludicrous thing he's been through which he's kind of whitewashed at the end of Yeah, yeah like yeah sure i went in a black hole yeah, time became physical you know whatever doesn't yeah. matter he
1: seems to deal with his daughter being 85 and about to die pretty considering the whole film yeah. about how much he loves her <laughs> and how desperate he is to get back to her and it's like oh okay bye
2: but it's the, 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 the idea that he's lived for a four or five years and then suddenly his daughter's 80 yeah and he's somehow like
1: mm, uh, maybe she just fly off and meet
2: that woman that I... yeah
1: you know <laughs> well I, I was only really on board if you were you know 40 or younger this is now yeah I'm just not seeing it anymore you know.
2: <laughs> yeah so this this character has been created. That's the worst traits of, you know, mm-hmm. it's just to suppress everything. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I can ask
1: a question. Yeah. and if you're gonna explain this afterwards, then by all means, tell me. How does the character cake take physical form? Is Brown seeing Matthew McConaughey?
2: Yeah, and just he doesn't real. Okay, right. but it's never shown that because in Fight Club, is it Helena Bonham Carter that sees? Yes. both of them. Yeah. Yeah,
0: so... Well, she doesn't cause... see both of them. She yeah. Well, she doesn't see both of them, but really we see she... her seeing both of them. Yeah, it's, like, right? it's
1: like The Sixth Sense. Yeah. It's a misdirection from the director's yeah. perspective. Yeah. Okay, cool, I get it, I get it. Yeah. Right. It's a narrative tool. Okay,
2: mm-hmm. cool. So, uh, this happened, she died. Matthew McConaughey, this snaps it out. You know, there's a bit of emotional... Emotions come out. Mm-hmm. He lets it all out. This bit, you know, rising music, all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's realised what he's done. Mm-hmm. but then he realises he can go back... To the black hole mm-hmm. and go back in time because it's a physical oh, dimension he can travel he right. okay. can travel through time mm-hmm. so he goes back to this black hole and then he tries to travel to find this moment to try and stop it somehow this is the point where my ending kind of went something didn't didn't really come together <laughs> well, so, he's, to us, so he's in this, <laughs> I mean, look at he's, this. <laughs> maybe he's in this black hole that is Time is now physical, and he mm. realizes he can move through time. So all time has already happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what is he actually doing? If time is, if everything's already happened, what is the point? And maybe yeah. he just sits there in a depression and realizes he has no control over anything. Because mm-hmm. if time is a physical form, you can travel to and fro, mm-hmm. then surely it's, your future's happened, your there's, past has happened. There's no
1: causality, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So that's, that's the end. Okay. <laughs> Black screen. Oh, the like end. That's, that's, that's bleak. But Thin. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, because that's, that's very arthouse. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. very introspective. Yeah.
2: Again, I like to thinking. pontificate on things I don't understand. Yeah. yeah it, in fact, yeah, I, would, I,
1: would, I would pitch a title to that one to be Interstellar 2 Introspection. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I was going mm. for the inner something. Yeah. But then I thought that might be too obvious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was good.
2: It's and thought that provoking. While, I... Yeah, that's
1: thought provoking. Chilling. You know. mm-hmm. It was dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, dark is good. Well, it, you did... it's been, it, been
2: darker. Alternatively, I had an idea of having a sitcom on the planet where Bran was. Oh, okay, <laughs> I thought <laughs> that could work well. You know, ten years yeah. later, they've been joined by a few people. Yeah, they have a local watering hole, which was mm-hmm. probably not much. Wait, cheers or something. Yeah, like... <laughs> where everybody yeah. knows your
1: name. I had
2: another quite a few ideas for this. <laughs> One of the others. I think I told you today, Harry, was the guy who stays on the ship for 23 years. Yes. And it's just about his time on the ship. Oh, yeah, like I was thinking of, that's a film, yeah. Sort of castaway type. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I,
0: I, I nearly did that where he actually goes off and meets with Matt Damon. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but then I couldn't, I couldn't work out what, what the plot was going to be and how he then doesn't remember Matt Damon There'd Have to be something there. Yeah. But like at that point, him and Matt Damon are completely out of the story. They could have been together while yeah. we're down on the water
1: planet. In fact, I would, I would argue that would have been a better way for the twist for the original film would have been if he him and Matt Damon had messed up and been in cahoots and plottered and they'd both been villains. Because <laughs> that would have made that character much more interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he was just a red shirt, really. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, they totally did I think he was left alone for 23 years and you think, oh God, that must have been a psychological nightmare, you know, the utter isolation. Mm. But then he just dies and doesn't really do anything else. But that would be amazing. Yeah, I like that. That's good.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's pretend it happened. Yeah, cool. Let's pretend that was my idea. Yes. <laughs> So, John, it's your story now. What uh, what you got for us?
1: Okay, so I'm actually going to go a little bit off format. Right, for change. Uh, I, I'm not going to tell you my title until the end. Okay. Okay. Just because it's too much of a well, I'm not going to say my title till the end. I'll leave it at that. Okay. It, so it, too much of a spoiler. Potentially. I got that. Then. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> which in itself may now be a spoiler, but never mind. Um, so. My film is a sequel, mm-hmm. and it much like yours, and it takes place. Mm-hmm. In fact, well, yours was kind of a bit cool, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And then yours is a sequel. Mine, is obviously, is also a sequel. It takes place immediately at the end of the first film, mm-hmm. in which, uh, as we mentioned, Matthew McConaughey's character, um, what's his name again? Coops. Cooper. Coops, Cooper. Yeah, Cooper. He's departing the space station that's orbiting Saturn, and he's traveling back through the wormhole to kind of rejoin Anne Hathaway. Mm-hmm. However, because once again, he just apparently hops into a strange, you know, future spaceship without any training for how to fly it. You know, presumably technology has changed. <laughs> so he actually miscalculates quite seriously. Mm-hmm. And ends up getting sucked into the orbit of yet of another time dilation singularity. Black hole. Yeah, the thing that slows down time. Black hole. Yeah, black hole. Black hole, okay. So the thing that made the water pl- 27 years pass. He, he gets sucked into one of those where basically, long story short, he's flung out of that singularity back into the universe where and halfway's planets mm-hmm. is yeah. after for him what feels like a few minutes but actually as it turns out thousands of years have passed <laughs> right so and also to complicate things even further and to tie up a plot hole as he comes out the wormhole <laughs> de- the wormhole destabilizes and collapses so he's stranded he can't go back <laughs> right okay. so he flies to brand's planet and as I say, he finds that thousands of years have passed. So mm. clearly she's long dead. Mm. So yeah, he's, he's stunned to discover that the planet has now become populated by a combination of humans and alien creatures, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he lands with... Oh, Tars is with him. The the, the oh, yeah. talkie toaster is with yeah. him. Um, so, they, <laughs> so they land at what appears to be some kind of trading port. It's like a busy kind of trading port. Mm-hmm. And Tars does some scans and he determines that the humans on the planet, are most of them are in fact descendants of the frozen embryos that Anne Halfway's character, Brand mm-hmm. had brought with mm-hmm. her to the planet. And the aliens are just aliens that they've consequently made contact with because this planet is now... Oh, in com- alien they're, they're aliens in this planet. There are aliens as well, yes.
2: Do we have a description of the alien? Or you
1: they are all manner of aliens. There's, there's right. lots of different species. It's a real menagerie. Right, so, okay. okay. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of planets and there's a lot of... Space travel is now a thing. So these aliens have come from different planets and this this planet is obviously a trading, a very popular trading world right. that people come in and out of on their way to other galaxies. So yeah. I'm thinking like Star wars type. Yeah, I, was about, I was about type. To say,
0: do you think this is going to be some kind of uh, existing universe or...? <laughs> A let's wait and see, name? let's wait
1: and see. Well, yeah, exactly, let's wait and see. So... <laughs> the one time you actually pick up on something, the one time you connect something. <laughs> up I'm
0: tempted to start guessing the title of your film
1: now at that means... Yeah, you can probably guess it quite easily at this point, yeah. Uh, so anyway, obviously one learning that Anne Hathaway is long, long dead. Mm-hmm. He's coops is pretty upset, mm-hmm. and um, he's now stranded, friendless and alone, Aside from his, aside from his walking stapler buddy, you know, that's mm-hmm. all he's got left, so... So, he goes into what looks to be a bar, and uh, to drown his sorrows. Sorry. <laughs> you, you're way ahead of I me. Mean, you're basically going to be way ahead of me throughout this now, so uh, fine. But I'm going to power through this anyway. So, he goes to drown his sorrows in a bar that's got underground jazz vibe, where they do, <laughs> they do seem to be playing the same song on a constant loop. Yeah. He, so he orders a beer and he downs it, you know, mournfully. And as he, he finishes the beer and he notices that the barman's kind of staring at him. Mm-hmm. He says, well, what? And he's like, were well, you planning to pay for that beer? <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, oh shit, I didn't think this through. I don't have any currency for this universe. And he's like, oh, I'm really sorry I'm not from around here and I don't have any money. And so the, bar, the barman's like, well... That's not my problem. You know, I don't know where you come from, pal, but in this world, we pay for our drinks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he keeps like, okay, just let me check my pockets and bye. And then he just legs it. Uh-huh. So he's racing for the entrance of the bar. But before he can get there, a giant walrus looking creature kind of steps in front of him and punches him in the face, knocks him out cold. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then he wakes up, he comes to, he's lying in a back alley He's mm-hmm. and Tars is gone. Mm-hmm. Talkie toaster is mm-hmm. gone. And all his worldly possessions have now been taken from him, you know, as presumably as payment for not paying for them. Mm-hmm. So frantically, he starts running around the town looking to see if he can find Tars. And he
0: suddenly, so his spacesuit has been taken from him. He doesn't really have much else yeah. Okay, was he just wearing normal clothes under a spacesuit? Yeah, he's not naked. He's okay. very—he's okay. got clothes on. Yeah. Just checking.
1: Yeah, yeah these are important. Things. So he's running around town, and eventually, he does spot the bar owner with Tars speaking to a small group—a group of small hooded creatures with yellow eyes glowing yellow eyes. Mm-hmm. So it gets just close enough to overhear what they're saying and he listens into the conversation. Although he can only really understand the bar owner. He doesn't speak the strange language that the hooded creatures are speaking. Mm-hmm. But from what he can understand, the bar owner is haggling with them for over the over tars. He's trying to sell tars to these creatures. So he says the bar the barkeep says, Look, I don't know where he found this old model, but it's in excellent condition, so for you know, for its age, you know, all things considered. <laughs> and then the little alien things just kinda of go, Bootini <laughs> <laughs> And then he goes, yeah, yes. And the barkeep goes, yes. I know it's obsolete, but uh, you can still use it for scrap metal. Like, Buitini. Oh. <laughs> you know, in Star Wars, we're good, okay, let's just, okay, let's just drop the facade. It's Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> just spoiler. Sorry. Uh, we are in Star Wars. They did that where they, anyone like Chewbacca or the aliens who didn't speak English, they just like they'd say something, and then the English-speaking characters would just repeat what they said back to them. Like mm-hmm. it was a very clunky dialogue in Star Wars that mm-hmm. always makes me laugh. So, so it's that anyway. So eventually the bar owner hands over Tars in exchange for some coins and leaves looking quite pissed off, probably having paid received less than he wanted for it. Mm-hmm. And then Coop watches as Tars is kind of loaded into a giant rusty vehicle. Well, I don't need to do these euphemisms anymore. He gets launched into the, the sandcrawler, basically. <laughs> and and uh, he's loaded onto the sandcrawler and then...
0: How long did he think it was going to be before we worked this out? Harry... Like, I, I get that it was like... You underestimated,
1: definitely, but yeah. at what point did you think we were going to get this? I was hoping maybe two-thirds in. <laughs> okay, have we got there yet? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. it was not very early on. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's so many times when I've assumed you'd get something and then you, you wouldn't, though, so, you know, I thought I was going to say The Michael hand. Jackson thing. The Michael Jackson thing, the Red Wedding. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. No, well, my own fault, Yeah. So they set they, they load tars into the sandcrawler and then set off into the desert where Coops follows them. Mm. Fortunately, it's quite easy to catch up because that thing travels at like half a mile an hour at best at top speed. So he's mm. basically it's actually quite annoying trying to stalk it without being seen because he has to constantly just keep stop and wait and let it get ahead and then like <laughs> up and then stop again and wait and mm-hmm. up. so yeah. There's some there's a bit of humour for you there. Could just jump on the back. Sure. Well it it was there an obvious spot to jump onto? It felt like it was kind of quite smooth surfaces, like yeah. From yeah. what I remember with the sand crawlers. Anyway. <laughs> So he follows the Sandcrawler painfully slowly for some miles. Eventually it stops and the creatures get out and he's able to sneak on board. Mm-hmm. Tragically, he's too late. And when he finds Tars, he's already been fully dismantled for scrap. So now he's obviously very upset This his last friend in the world is now gone. So yeah. as he's processing this latest tragedy, the hooded creatures return, the Jawas, mm-hmm. return to the thing, to surprise him. And they angrily attack him with those little taser things they used to take out RCD2. Mm-hmm. So they like that and once again causing him to pass out Mm. when he wakes up again he's been abandoned in the middle of the desert and now they have actually taken most of his clothes as well so he's like semi naked in the middle of the desert of a strange desert no friend not a friend in the world okay so he spends the next few days wandering through the desert very disoriented alone and he takes he takes up shelter in a cave after a few days, and tries to, like, set up a campfire and get some sleep. However, he's soon disturbed by an angry man-sized creature dressed in, like, tattered rags, mm-hmm. uh, wearing some kind of face mask. Mm-hmm. So this is the the, the sand people, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, and the creature kind of cracks him over the head with a stick. Uh, but this time he doesn't pass out, and he manages to actually fight back and take the guy out. But then he hears the sound of more of sand people kind of gathering outside. So he quick, very quickly steals all the creature's clothes and puts them on himself to kind of, you know... Mm-hmm go incognito on, go on and then he legs out of the cave uh, outside the cave he spots a young blonde boy with two robots and what looks to be some kind of vehicle mm. and so he, by now he's half maddened but yeah who could it be <laughs> <laughs> well I guessed it by this point I mean, this is the point I was expecting you might get it yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. so by now he's half maddened by just you know sunstroke and trauma and all that kind of stuff So, and he's still dressed full sand Sand person mm-hmm. gear. Mm-hmm. So he runs over and he just screams out. He starts, He's like, Please, you've got to help me. I'm lost. I'm dehydrated. People could hit me over the head. All oh, my friends are dead. I don't know where I am. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to do. And he's just screaming and screaming. Unfortunately, he's forgotten that he's still wearing this mask and he's bound mm-hmm. pretty tight. So all that this mystery blonde boy, who could it be, um, can hear is just incoherent, like <laughs> noises. No. <laughs> Um, so obviously he panics and attacks him. Mm-hmm. So Coops fights back mm-hmm. and again, manages to knock out the, knock the blonde boy out. And he's just trying to figure out what his next move should be when he sees another hooded figure walking towards him, making, making this horrible animalistic bellowing noise. Mm-hmm. This is obviously when Obi-Wan does the mm-hmm. noise so scary or something. So, and he is, he's scared. He runs, he, so he runs away. Mm-hmm. So long story short, he's wandering in the desert for a little while longer. Eventually he F- makes his way back into town. And which you know, we can say now is, you know, most mm-hmm. Um So many big reveals are wasted. Um, <laughs> so he finds his way back into town, and he's, he's like, well, "What can I do now? You know, he's, he's just dressed in tattered rags. He's got no prospects. He's stranded here forever." So he, he gets talking to a a, gre- a beautiful green skinned woman who's working as a street dancer, mm. and so she's got she's got green skin all over, and she's got like two tails coming out of her back of her head. Mm-hmm. And so she, so he starts speaking to her, and he's like, "Look, look, I've had." I've, he tells her his story basically. He's like, "I don't know what to do. I've got nothing. I've got nothing with the clothes on my back. What? How, how, how am I going to get by in this new world now?" And she says, "Well, the only way anyone ever gets anything done in this on this planet is by working for the local crime boss. He's called Jabber the Hutt mm-hmm. and I suggest going to see him and just offering your services. I'm going to go too because I'm going to be as da- I'm going to go and work as a dancer for him because I hear that's a great gig. There's no downside." <laughs> so the two of them go to travel together to Jabber the Hutt's mm-hmm. palace, and he tells us a version of a story he's like um what how can how can i you know work for you i just want to make some money he's like okay well what are your skills he's like well i can fly a really good plane any plane apparently i'm pretty you know i'm pretty physical i'm pretty good fighter i've knocked a few people out he's like great okay so why don't you become a bounty hunter for me uh, so i would like you to i, I have a <laughs> i think we both um, know where this is going yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so yeah there's a smuggler who owes me some money that i um <laughs> i'd really like you to track him down for me he goes by the name of han solo um so if you can i know so (laughs) if you can bring him back dead or alive i will pay you handsomely and then we'll take it from there and he's like okay great a gig's a gig let's do it and then it's like okay but wait before you go what's your name because i'm setting you up as my new bounty hunters what what, what are we going to call you and he's like oh my name's cooper he's like well that's a terrible bounty hunter name he says, so i'm going to call you boba fett (laughs) and then credits roll and that is the end of interstellar a star wars movie <laughs> <laughs> Which nobody saw coming at all. <laughs> Boba Fett origins. Yeah, Boba Fett origins. Yeah, well, they've got a hand. I was thinking. Okay, so my reason for this is twofold. One is that there's a lot yeah, of Star Wars, yeah. Wars origins story. The hand saw sort so of but also yeah. the I said how much I liked the visuals of this film, and the planets really reminded me of Star Wars things. Like, yeah, me too. It was actually. I wanted to work this in, but I couldn't figure out a way to crowbar into the plot. But it was actually, it wasn't Tatooine. It was initially the the, the the ice planet ice that car. Matt Damon's on. Yeah. I was like, are they on half And then when Anne halfway and she's on like a desert planet, I was like, oh, Tatooine. And then it all came together for me. So, so yeah, the idea is that the other dimension is actually Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And because of time is, you know, relative in this world, maybe for them it is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Well, yeah, it's actually. definitely a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, any thoughts? Any questions?
0: Uh, no. Nah, I mean, I've had a bigger reveal, really. Um... <laughs> yeah, not my best. <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. I think uh, we've uh, hit a tree with really good ideas. Yeah, yeah, I feel, I feel good about this one,
1: yeah.
2: I like Boba Fett oranges Yes. I didn't see that to like, it. Like, it was good?
1: Yeah, I felt like you even though like you guessed the Star Wars thing, there was, there was one thing I had in my back pocket for the end there, so I was very yeah. pleased. You, so. <laughs> yeah. It's good, I yeah. like it. And did you recognise the Green Dancer, who's the one who obviously dances when that's thrown into the, yeah. the Rancor pick? Yes. So I, feel, I feel quite proud I worked in a lot of very minor <laughs> yeah, Star Wars characters. Really like, well. Yeah, That was a good <laughs> fan service kind of sequence. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, if that's all for us, we do have some fan submissions. Oh, great. Yeah. We had a lot this week, actually. This is obviously a popular film. Mm-hmm. So Bosk Bounty Hunter, which is, he's, he's named after Bosk, the Bounty Hunter from Star Wars mm-hmm. so on, on, on brand. Yes. He pitched Interstellar 2 into Stellar. Uh, <laughs> in which Matthew McConaughey develops a drinking problem due to the death of Murph and ends up stealing a ship to drunkenly explore space. So, I'm guessing that's kind of a um, street named Desire kind of thing, I guess. Yeah. Right, so. uh, Jack and the Geekstalk, talk at Jack's Geek Talk. Uh, they went, a lot, lot of puns this week. Big, big mm-hmm. puns. Interwoven. Okay. Matthew McConaughey discovers he was actually inside a giant tartan blanket. Um, <laughs> sorry, a giant tartan blanket factory in the future. And that humans have essentially become the moths in a universe of huge transdimensional beings, as we arouse the very, as we are as the very fabric of their reality with our space with our space exploration. Oh, so I get it. That, that's really conceptual. Wow. So yeah, that's that's, that's better than yours. So yeah, space good. is a blanket, time is a blanket, and we are the moths. That's a very What's Christopher sort of Nolan idea. Yeah. Wow. That, that is that is worthy of Nolan. Yeah. Very good. Sane Cinema at Sane Cinema. I don't have a pitch for us, but they did say whatever the sequel might be, it needs to be projected onto a screen next to an actual black hole, so the experience of watching it is as infinitely long as this film actually feels. <laughs> Sick Good. burn, like it, yeah. Uh, Dad's own cast have pitched it. Matthew McConaughey wakes up with a start to find a camera crew. It was all a dream, and now he's the star of a reality TV show, and the title is Interstell- Interstellar Two Ed TV. <laughs> is, it's, it's a deep pull it's a very obscure Matthew McConaughey film of the 90s so yeah. nice deep cut there uh, We Watch Anything I've got also gone with Into Stella. who knew two people would have, have that idea so I think oh it's the same thing though that Cooper's an alcoholic Leads a drab and lonely existence but he drinks his rocket fuel on a mission to save yeah it's a, it's a film version of Mitchell and Webb's The Adventures of Sir Digby Chicken Caesar which I have no idea what that is but, sure. <laughs> but I like that title Into Stella. that's mm. good
0: I, I assumed that Into Stella was good gonna... Uh, was going to mean that he Artois eventually...
2: a, a branded
1: film well, yeah. I guess, and... oh, maybe, yeah. maybe oh, well, I've misunderstood, yeah, because oh, I guess no. it's into, yeah, in two stars in Alcoholic. I thought it was going to be like street kind of design, like Stella, uh, Stella.
0: sure. I, I thought it was going to be like he, uh, he, he really likes this person called Stella, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, Stella. Stella maybe it maybe it's no, yeah. deep,
2: it could be deep true. and it could have two levels. So you love Stella, mm-hmm. and the woman you're in love with is called Stella, and he's got to choose, yeah. That's and Stella it. and stellar. Yeah. Interstellar.
1: Mm. So film and TV show i have gone and half character his character surprised that Matthew McConaughey's character turns up in a super exotic ship and they go on a space jaunt together and they jump through another black hole end up being the people on in the shelf who are tormenting Matt Damon's character from the first one and sending him nuts. So, In the shelf? I don't... What was the shelf reference? People in, oh, I guess the idea is that they jump into the wormhole and use it to just fuck with Matt Damon to get revenge on him for being a dick. I guess. Sure. Yeah. So, Oh, and then they go and try and find her old boyfriend and try and save him, but fail. And then she gets the arse and tops herself. <laughs> <laughs> leaving Matt really out Matthew alone once again. Uh, yeah. It's called Interstellar 2, Back Into the Hole. Nice.
0: Okay. Edgy
1: title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, the, Quotal Recall, their sequel is... Their, their sequel opens... With, <laughs> their name's good enough. <laughs> yeah. Their sequel opens with Jessica Chastain hearing the bad news that her father obviously died after he flew into the black hole. It's then revealed to the audience that the final act of Interstellar was all a product of Ma- Matthew McConaughey's hallucinations. We're getting close to yours here, mm-hmm. as his brain was spaghettified. Great word. Spaghetti-fied. <laughs> I believe that's, no, a I don't be not, I don't that's a word. I don't think that's a word. After crossing the event horizon, and Jessica Chastain, who I'm guessing is 85 at this point, but J- Jessica Chastain swears revenge on the black hole and enlists the help of Earth's best misfit drillers, played by Ben Affleck and Bruce Willis, <laughs> to control an <laughs> autonomous <laughs> drilling machine which will bury a nuclear bomb in the core of the black hole. <laughs> And this movie is called Interstellar Two, Inter- Interstellar. So there we go. Oh, All yeah?
0: right. Well, everybody, if you've uh, if you've got any other listener submissions that you uh, for for Interstellar or whatever next week's movie is, then you know please send them in.
1: Yeah, you can reach us at Beyond the Box Set. Where our website is Beyond the You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Pocket Casts, most popular podcasting platforms. We'll and we're, on we're on
0: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. All that's Beyond the Box Boxset. Set, yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah, so let us know. If you like what we do, please subscribe, write write us a review. It really helps us out. Yeah. And next week, John? Next week, yes. So it's my turn next week. We're back to being just the two of us again after all these guests. Uh, So I have chosen a film called Interview with the Vampire. I've never heard of it. Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise as vampires (gasps) in the 90s. Okay. Yeah. I think you'll enjoy.
0: Cool. Great. I look forward to it. Mm -hmm. Do I need to have a beer with me? This is a bad film. Oh, yes. Well,
1: I wouldn't say bad, bad. It's definitely... I think definitely a beer will help it go down a bit. It's more smoothly. Yeah. Okay, okay. Good. It 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 makes some choices. Yep. Yeah. You know I do like a film that makes choices. This film yep. makes some choices. So.
0: Um, is this going to have some wigs in it?
1: Oh yes, yes. this is fantastic. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, this <laughs> is this is definitely one of my wigs' greatest hits. You know? <laughs> oh,
0: I'm looking forward to the blog you're going to do on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, catch on all next week for.
1: Interview with the Vampire.
0: Interview with the Vampire. Mm-hmm. Great. Thanks for, your, thanks for coming. Oh, thanks for coming. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. oh, oh, well, almost well, forgot to say. Yeah. It's an absolute um, pleasure. Anything yeah.
1: you want to plug while you're here? I've
2: got nothing to plug. No? Oh. Just here. You know, oh. Maybe one day.
1: Forced well, by Harry. Well, by the time... <laughs> by the t- you're about to head off on your hen do. Your stag do. Your, your stag do yeah. this weekend. So by the time this episode goes out, you'll either be post-stag do or dead. Yeah. <laughs> you may be dead. <laughs> I don't.
2: always assumed my stag do would be my death point.
1: Yeah, well, we'll see.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll definitely get you back on at some point. we' Work out what your second favourite film is. Maybe
2: I'll do a bit of a lighter movie next time. Yeah,
0: okay. D2, this is pretty
1: good. Okay. Well, okay. well I guess it's. Uh, we'll, we'll see you next week for Interview with the Vampire. See you all next week. Bye. Bye. Anyway. Bye.